the brief recap of Mandalorian chapter 15, season 2, episode 7, is, well, it's called The Believer, right? And that's a pretty exciting title just to begin with. And as you can guess, if you've watched the previous episode, it has a lot to do with Mayfeld and figuring out where the heck this adorable feller is. And luckily, which I know is a huge concern out of all, a lot of people, that the entire episode was just going to be a prison bake getting Mayfield out of prison. And that was going to be like kind of a major letdown, you know, like just like a huge stressing. You're like, I just want to know where he is, right? But it actually... The first, like, what, 30 seconds of the show? Boom. Mayfield got him done with prison. And you're like, huh, okay. But there is still a bit, a little bit more of figuring out where Moff Gideon is. That's what most of the episode takes place about. And they go to a little abandoned Imperial plant that's full of ISB agents. So that's kind of fun. Uh, a little tie in there. And Mayfield, of course, is ex-Imperial. So they're using him to try and get figure out how to be able to get the codes and the coordinates to where Moff Gideon is. So... Mando and our buddy Mayfield sneak in and try and infiltrate while exporting a bunch of Rhydonium, which is a super volatile, explosive substance. And of course, they get attacked by pirates, because why would anything be easy? And after they are heroes, basically, and make it to this, and Mando can't obviously walk into a giant uh, Imperial thing donning his Beskar armor, that look kind of weird, so he puts on some pretty cool, like, kind of green-gray short trooper armor. They end up working it out, getting the stuff. Um, Mayfield shoots his old boss because, I mean, he was kind of a dick, so, I mean, that's fair. But <laughs> shoots his boss, and then there's a super awesome escape. Boba Fett, of course, swoops in, saves the day, gets them off, and they let Mayfield go. The original agreement was that he would return to prison, and he still helped, which is really cool that Mayfield was willing to help, you know, with that. But they're kind of like, oh, yeah, Mayfield died in an accident. And he's like, what? They're like, leave, moron. He's like, okay, I'm going to go. And then it ends actually in a super, super cool way where Mando is able to send a hologram to Moff Gideon, and he repeats basically the original message that Moff Gideon gives him at the end of Season 1, Episode 7, or, you know, Chapter 7, where Moff Gideon explains that he has the child, or that Mando possessing the child is something that is super important to Moff Gideon and Mando could never understand. So he repeats that exact same thing back to Moff Gideon. It's a very cool parallel and um, fantastic, of course. Unfortunately, this is the first episode of The Mandalorian where you don't see Grogu. And yeah. despite that, it was fantastic. You know, I was yeah. a little worried. I was like, I just want to see him. I don't actually care how good it is. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it was fantastic. And well, I guess we're probably going to go through linearly and talk about um, just kind of what happened. So just overall reaction, Cody, what do you, what do you got? Just... Oh man. Um, yeah. It, so first things first, I just said, I was, I was very happy that it wasn't going to be a prison break. Although, you know, it kind of ended up being pretty similar, right? you know, them trying to escape once they got in to the Imperial plant. But um no overall it was just an awesome episode and a great a great lead up and i wasn't a big fan of mayfield's character in the first season and this left me saying wait no i want him to go with the crew i'm to be part of the team now because i I loved his acting in this i loved the character development and seeing him kind of being a punk and like obviously betraying mando in the first one uh, season one to like seeing that he has pain and he 
apparently lost a bunch of friends to the Empire, and that's where this bitterness comes in, and the, the look on his face, everything. Anyways, his character was the highlight of this for me, seeing the development of that. So I, I thought it was a great episode. Um, obviously, there's <laughs> millions of awesome things from it, but overall, just it was it was, was it your favorite it was part though. It was it was my favorite. No, but it was my <laughs> it wasn't my favorite scene. That was my I don't know. I think it was part of what made this episode though so awesome, right? Like the other the other things were really fun, and those were my right. favorite parts. But his character development is what made me really be like this episode is well written. For sure, yeah. There's, I think you know, there, there's two parts to a lot of Star Wars shows. There's the wow, this was really well written. They explored different topics. The character development was really good. Um, the shots were breathtaking, etc. That's you know what makes Star Wars really fun is when it's well written. And then there's the other aspect where in the first like 10 seconds of the show we see Boba Fett come up in some freaking clean armor. Bro paints it like a matte green, cleans it all up. It looks so good, especially with his black robes underneath. I mean, I don't know. He never freaking painted his armor for the other 20 years, but this time he's like, no, I need to fix uh, it. I think it was like a, you don't know what you got till it's gone. And now that he's had to live without it, he's like, I am never taking this for granted again. I'm going to paint you up, baby. Probably had some intimate moments on the ships. And, you know, he's, he cuddled <laughs> think with it's it funny. at night. They're like, all right, we need to go find this guy. And he's like, all right. Autopilot, be back. I'm going to go paint this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Needs a little buff I, and shine. And he looks so good. Millions of different Mandos and different looking For sure. armor. And, and even just that fans have come up with. But in the shows. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> it's late. It's late. Um, but I don't think I've ever seen a cooler looking Mandalorian outfit, period, in the story. I mean. Yeah, oh. I mean. We, we always talk about, like, oh, who should we cosplay as? You know, I mean, Cody and I both haven't ever been able to cosplay. Um, but, you know, it's something, of course, a lot of Star Wars fans look into. So we're like, you know, I really would want to do this. Who would you get? Would you get a Stormtrooper? Blah, 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 blah. But, like, after seeing Man or after seeing Boba Fett in his new armor, it's like, oh, that that might be the clear and obvious winner. But so sick. So that was one of those parts that, like, holy crap, that was so cool. Not necessarily great writing, you know, not bad writing, but, like, yeah. Just Not like Mayfield's character development. And then they freaking drop a seismic charge, which was, again, <laughs> did it really make sense to drop a seismic charge right there to blow up two of TIE Fighters? Hell no. But was it awesome? Oh, yes. It was the greatest thing. Did I like jump out of my seat, literally? Yes. Actually, we're going to have to probably go back on the live stream and, and highlight that because me and you were freaking out out when that because it, it, it drops to you know what the seismic charge actually looks like not before it goes off for the drop it or anything but when they just set it up cody and i are like i literally jump up in my chair like oh, right you know <laughs> flipping out <laughs> i'm like oh my god you said and you said too you're like you don't think and i was like immediately when you said that i was like i knew what you were going with i'm like no way no. yeah because it's like if they if wouldn't they do, do that if yeah, I think you're literally this, in the middle of saying, like, if cry. they do this, I'm going to freak. And then all of a sudden it jumps to it. And we're like, <gasps> <laughs> so did that really make sense? No, but was it fantastic? Absolutely. Oh Absolutely. God. So uh, that sound again. Uh, it was great. So it was overall a very fun episode. And it was kind of cool because um, I cannot say his name worth a crap. But Rick Fumiyama. Fumiyama. Some, something along those lines. We're going to, like, re edit over that no we won't but 
Um, he was the guy who directed the um, Prisoner uh, last time around, so the other episode with Mayfield. And it was kind of cool they got to work with Mayfield twice and also do both kind of as a Prison Break-esque style episodes, and I thought that was really cool, and he did a great job. Um, but I guess I don't have a shot of Boba Fett. Probably should have. That was a mistake. <laughs> but anyways, it was... I thought it was super cool, I guess. Oh, I wanted to talk about... So when it opens, um, Mayfield is kind of doing some manual labor for his prison sentence. And yeah. So we're going to share the screen real quick. And, wow, holy screen on screen on screen. And I thought it looked a ton like this moment right here. Yeah. Um, we got... Junkyard. We got a junkyard vibe, which was really cool because that was... I guess, you know, Cal Kestis, he was taking apart, um, there you see the event, uh, old starship from the Republic era, right? And I thought it was really yeah. cool that, you know, we got to see that, and that's what Cal Kestis did, and that that was his job. It wasn't like manual labor, he wasn't in prison or anything, but that was the job, was disassembling, scrapping, all this stuff, which seems to be a common theme, you know, even Ray's a scrapper, though she's just more doing it for spare parts. This is like, it seems like, in Cal's case, it was an operation, and then Mayfield's case, he's doing the exact same thing, but they're scrapping TIE fighters and things like that from, no shocking, the Rebellion War and the Empire era. So I thought that was like a cool sort of connection. And we got to see these guys again. They're the security droids, also from yeah. Episode 5. Yes, Episode 5, Chapter 5 of The Mandalorian, The Prisoner. And I thought that was really cool to see them again. And I love that little, right here, our little New Republic stamp. They have one on the back, too. I thought that was really cool. And, I don't know, I just thought, I kind of, I'm liking the continuity, of course, of seeing things like that. Sure. Probably see some of those droids in the Rangers of the New Republic or whatever show. For sure, I'm expecting to see a lot of that. So, and then yeah. something, I guess, I think Cody and I thought was pretty interesting was, so, of course, they pick up Mayfield, and then we see Boba, and he looks sexy as all else, right? But... After we pick up Mayfield, um, we have, a, I think, a really cool shot of them hanging out and just kind of talking, right, aboard the um, Slave One, which previously in the Slave One, we've only ever seen the two front seats. Cockpit, we know that it has yeah. two front seats in the cockpit, right? And But obviously the ships in Star Wars are very large generally, and they have a lot of other rooms, you know, usually like Mando ship, even though on the smaller side it has four seats in the cockpit, it has a lower area with some sleeping bunks, like an armory, etc. So it's really cool to see the Slave One, which is obviously a large ship, to see, I guess, the other areas of it. You know what I mean? The lounge area. The lounge <laughs> area. And I thought that was really cool. Yeah, and then how it freaking rotated with the ship. Because, you know, that's something I've always thought about, too. And, like, that's definitely my probably my favorite ship in all of Star Wars. But, like you said, when you see it in Attack of the Clones, Boba's actually sitting down like this, shooting. He's trying to look over, you know. So to see, like, when the ship comes up to the vertical, to see that that thing just rotates so that the people never have to go from sitting comfortably just upright, that, that was so freaking cool. It reminded me of, like, the GoPros, the stabilization. Yeah, I know. It's, like, totally like that. Like, some, a gyroscoping feature where it, it sits within, like, 
presumably another ring. I mean, they didn't go into the exact details, but I'm sure there'll be a book about it. And it rotates as the yeah. ship rotates. And it was really cool. You can actually see it kind of spinning on the outside in the shots. And it was just super cool because, like you're saying, like, yeah. you see Boba Fett trying to be like, I can't see anything. And you have to assume, with the fact that it's a, probably the o- one of the only ships in Star Wars that switches, that there need to be something right. that wasn't awful. You know, like if all of Boba Fett's stuff just, like, fell over this way, and then fell back it'd over this fine, way. Every right? <laughs> it'd be the stupidest ship in the world. It'd be a terrible. Boba yeah. Fett's just like, I no, need another sure. ship. Like it's my dad's, Think but. About... Yeah. <laughs> He's <laughs> well, a moron. Take... Imagine him taking Han and Carbonite, and it's just like. <laughs> <laughs> I actually wish it didn't, because I want like, that video sorry. of Han just going bam, 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 bam. <laughs> Boba Fett's like. Sorry, Jabba. He's a little. Crap, like his nose is broken yeah. off or whatever when he delivers yeah. him to Jabba. Sorry, my ship. <laughs> Uh, but no, but that is. I want to know exactly who came up with that idea. Seriously, because that is like something that I just like your imagination to come up with that. Like someone to sit down and like figure that. It's just I don't know. That's so cool. And it brought me a lot to. I think episode one and episode two, or chapter one and chapter two of the Mandalorian, um, for me and I th- know for a lot of people. I, I know with Cody when we were watching it together that it was almost more cool to see some of these like th- things that someone went. Well, what does it look like inside? Well, how does this work in Star Wars? Be in the Mandalorian in just small, nuanced ways. You know, like in Chapter Two, we see Mando hang out with some Jawas in a sandcrawler, and we've seen you know the inside the storage room of a sandcrawler. But what does the cockpit look like? Does that matter? Not really. But was it super cool to see? Yeah, it freaking was. And the same yeah, thing where it's like, the... does this matter? No, not really. But someone sat there and went, you know what? You know what we should do? We should show this, right? Like, that's, here you go. That's a that's a detail that only someone who like loves Star Wars is going to really say we should add this. You know, someone who's just passionate. Like, that's right. something that a fan... I just, I don't know. I love that. That's just amazing. I know I I think when I saw that, saw it in the show, Cody and I were talking, we were like, oh my gosh, so cool, because us watching a TV show basically is just talking over it. But um, <laughs> I was like, I want to marry John. I love him. Favreau's amazing. But the the two yeah. of them, John Favreau and Dave Filoni, has been such an amazing um, combination. And I know yeah. if you have paid attention to social media at all, you're going to find out that John Favreau and Dave Filoni are partnering again on two new TV shows, both spun off in the time of The Mandalorian. Um, one about Ahsoka, shocker. Can't believe they totally set her up in the live action to only yeah. spin her off into a TV show. I never thought that was going to happen. Oh, wait. Yeah, <laughs> I sure we all did. <laughs> and then we got Rangers of the New Republic. So... Um, yeah. A lot of people are predicting Cara Dune might, you know, make more of an appearance in that show. So it'll be interesting, but I'm just happy that they're working together, and you know that, I mean, whether it was Favreau who wrote it down, whether it was Filoni, whether it was, you know, the guy who works on the camera crew, like, whoever thought this up, things like this, you know, I just like the crew they have, and they're churning out great Star Wars content frequently, right? Yeah. Then they go to Morak, and I thought this was really cool. Um, they bring up something called Rhydonium, which... Have you ever heard of Rhydonium, Cody? Off the top of my head. So Rhydonium is actually fairly frequented in Star Wars history, um, Star Wars lore. Believe it or not, here's a pretty good shot of some Rhydonium. We got there you a girl, go. Sabine Wren. She has a quote of talking about how she wants to introduce some Imperial officers to her favorite, her oldest and most volatile friend, Rhydonium. But it actually makes an appearance wow. in the Clone Wars um, and Rebels, some comics, etc. It's a, known to be very explosive material, and you know that's you know 
I mean, it doesn't always come in a nice wide barrel, but they actually had a similar shot in The Mandalorian. So I thought that was really cool that, you know, we're exploring the same sort of concept with um, just like, you know, Star Wars materials with our Rhydonium, etc. And then... Continuity is amazing. For sure. So, I don't know. I thought I thought it was really cool. Um, I can't believe... So to get in, they have to... Mando has to take off his helmet. I thought that was interesting. Wow. Or, well, you know, here we like he's like, all right, well, no one else can go in. I'll do it. And you're like, oh, he's going to take off his helmet. And then he's like, psych, I just put on a short trooper helmet. <laughs> and you're like, huh, creative. Okay. It looks so trippy, though, seeing him in like that, though, you know? Yeah, I was like, if it wasn't for Pedro Pascal's voice being so distinctive at this point, you know, you wouldn't even really believed it was him. But For sure. And I just thought of something where you're talking about Mayfield's character development, because he starts out, you know, kind of like a punk or whatever. And like I was talking, I was like, Mayf- um, Bill Burr's comedy, like, I think it's funny, but like, I-, I-, I don't like listening to it too much or whatever, because I feel like it can be a little over the top or a little annoying sometimes. But um, I think in this sort of thing, where like Epps, the last season, I was like, eh, he had some funny parts and like had like kind of a fun swagger to him. But, you know, he was definitely the bad guy. Right. And he was kind of. Yeah. He was punking on Mando a lot, and it was kind of, and you're kind of just like, I'm just trying to figure out if I like Mando or not because he doesn't talk that much. So it's hard to really get a vibe on his character, you know. Like we're still trying to figure out Mando, so like him punking him all the time was like really kind of rough. But I was thinking his character development is very similar to I think what we're seeing of like Boba Fett, almost right. Boba Fett is, you know, he's he's kind of a punk. He's like a bad guy. He's a bad kid, and you know he's trying to freaking kill Mace Windu for like most of his teenage years. But, you know, at the end of the day, it really wasn't about, like, oh, I hate people, or, like, you know, I hate Han Solo, or I'm a bad guy, I'm working for the Empire. It was like, you know, I'm just doing what I need to to get by, right? I'm, I'm a bounty hunter, because that's, that's what my dad was, that's all I really know, so that's what I'm going to keep doing, right? And then Bill Burr, you know, he was like, or I guess Mayfield is like, you know, I joined the I joined the Empire, tons of people joined the Empire. I watched all of my companions die, practically, in... Um, Thanks to Operation Cinder, which was really cool that they brought Operation Cinder that was, up. That was cool. Battlefront 2 connection, Aftermath connection, lots of things connections. Um, and he specifically mentions Boren. Uh, what, what was it called? I wrote it down. Oh, Burnin Khan. Which is this planet? Planet right here. Okay. Um, it's actually not really mentioned in a whole lot of things. Um, I th- it's like mentioned, I believe, in Aftermath. Um, this is actually shot from a mobile game that came out in like 2014, which is its first wow. uh, canon appearance, actually. Um, but yeah, it it's just kind of known as a place that has to go through. Operation Cinder, here's a shot from Battlefront 2, where the Empire basically goes and destroys their own planets. The idea is to put down thoughts of rebellion, thoughts of defiance, etc., and kind of wipe out any weaknesses of the Empire. And it's like super, super brutal and ends up being why a lot of people of the Empire defect or give up on the Empire, etc. And you see that it really bothered Bill Burr, right? You know, he lost a lot of his people and he's like saw no point in it when, you know, it kind of left him to where he's like, you know, like you just need to do, take care of you and as long as you can sleep at night, that's that's what matters. So I thought that was... Yeah, and then along with that line too at the end, that's what he says back again to Mando when he decides to blow up the kind of the base at the end right because uh his superior officer did say to him you know with what you guys just delivered we're going to be able to you know do this more we're going to be able to blow up more things we're going to be able to decimate more people 
And so Bill Burr blows it up so that they can't. And he says that again, right? Like uh, Mayfield, sorry, says that again, like you can't, I just have to be able to sleep at night. So now he's saying it's not on my hands that the Empire is doing more bad things and he's taking right. care of that. So just kind of the ending of his character development is that like, yeah, he's punking Mando and saying that, you know, it doesn't matter if you're one side or the other, whatever. But in right. the end, you realize, no, he he gets it and he knows what's wrong and right and and he has a conscience. And yeah, he definitely, cool to see. you know, he kind of puts that out there like, you know, he's like trying to make kind of like point out to Mando, I think, you know, trying to get a read on Mando like, hey, like you believe this, other people believe that. At the end of the day, it doesn't really matter as long as you're comfortable with yourself or whatever, as long as you follow right. your moral code. And I think that's kind of cool because like, you know, at the end of the day, he's not saying like, hey, the New Republic's correct. You know, he, he punks on the New right. Republic a lot. He's like, the New Republic isn't correct. They're just ruling. And, you know, someone else is going to rule later. It doesn't matter. But I know that what that if I don't do something about the Empire, the Empire is going to do bad things, at least. That this is bad. And, you know, that that's what that's where my line is. And, you know, I don't think the New Republic's right, but, you know, I just want to do what's good for me. And that's like, I think fun characters in Star Wars that are like, you know, aren't necessarily good, aren't necessarily bad, but then they recognize, like you're saying, that they have some sense of morals that they're trying to right. follow, even though it might not be the morals that, like, our character, like, the main characters, like, follow, or, like, you know, the Republic or New Republic, but to be fair, the New Republic is kind of trash, and I feel like no one views it in a positive light, you know? They definitely kind of showcase that a lot in The Mandalorian, and, you know, even, like, comics and stuff that, like, kind of no one ever believed in the New Republic, it's very interesting. Yeah, much shakier grounds, obviously, and um, that was even one of another line by Mayfield. Right, was something along the lines he kept saying, "Everyone has a line that they don't cross until right. they have to, or something." Right, mm -hmm. and I think that was cool because you get to the point where, in the end, you see Din Djarin take off his helmet. Right, he, not even a line for a second. Like cross, he leaves it off. Yeah. Um, to scan his face because yeah that's a line he won't cross but um you know part of it might have to do with you know the fact that he ran into bo katan who told him that you know not all mandalorians keep their helmet on but i think a majority of it was it's not a line he crosses but for grogu he's right. willing to do it you know and so <clears throat> that was his line and then mayfield ended up crossing his line when he just, you could see it in his face. He couldn't take looking at his commanding officer any longer. And it just freaking shoots him. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness. Which I thought that was kind of cool, though. Epic. One of the things is he kind of punks on Mando. He's like, you know, I thought you couldn't take your helmet off. Now you're just wearing a different helmet. That's not the same thing. He's like, yeah. He's like, that's not he's the like, same. So if you said it? you couldn't take your helmet off, yeah. Like, which one is it? Can you not show your face or whatever? But at or the end of the day, like, he shoots his officer, probably because, you know, his officer's a tool and all that stuff. But he also takes out everyone in the room puts hands in his hand, helmet back and he's like hey no one saw your face now right yeah. and i thought that was kind of like a cool like you have whatever you think and you did what you needed to do for this mission I i'm a, I'm a respect with what you went with and you know it just seemed like a cool moment of respect like hey you know like i don't get it and i don't understand it but i'm cool with it you know i'm I know trying to help you do it to you. I think that was a big moment, too, obviously, for Mayfield being like, man, this guy's really serious about getting this mission done. Like, this is really important. Like, dude, have you seen him? Yeah, I know, right? What what links would you not go to for a Exactly. Goal? But that was, like, kind of an interesting point you brought up. And, like, I've been wondering, and I was actually wondering during this 
was running about this during the episode, is when Mando meets Bo-Katan, he's like, huh, traitor, you're trash, right? And Bo-Katan kind of explains a little bit that, you know, she's 100% Mandalorian, etc. But you're probably just part of something that doesn't quite make sense. What we, what he is, you know, necessarily, we're going to find out, I'm guessing, later, um, before I have a specific concrete extent, a concrete answer to what um, kind of belief or right. structure he follows of the Mandalorian Creed, etc. But then you see Boba Fett, right? We see Boba Fett in his sick armor, right? But we also see Boba Fett take out, take off his helmet in the episode, kind of free a couple times, and he, and he discusses with them. And I'm kind of wondering, and I was wondering, like, well, obviously Boba Fett said, "I've never sworn the Mandalorian Creed. I don't swear my allegiance to anyone, etc." But at the same point, you know, you kind of got to be wondering for for Mando after meeting, you know, Bo-Katan, Kosaka, Koska, um, all these guys, right? Boba Fett, etc. Is he kind of going? Is is how I wear my helmet correct? Or is yeah. there times when it's okay? Or you know, do I do I take it off only to save Grogu? Do I take it off around friends? You know, like where where's the line here? I, I wonder. You know, do you think he's having that? And do you think like his helmet will come off more in subsequent episodes? I mean, kind of at the end of the season, but you know, moving into yeah. season three. I think too. It's it's gotta gotta make some sense to him that Django he knows Django is a foundling now too right? right so maybe seeing Boba take off his helmet he's like well so did Django take off his he's a foundling like I don't know it's it's interesting how but yeah I I was gonna say that actually I think this won't be the last time we see him without his helmet on I think going forward we'll start to see it a lot more often especially in season three that's my guess because two reasons uh, one, because I just think it makes sense for him to kind of grow out of that and understand as he gets around more Mandalorians. And number two, I do think they're going to want Pedro Pascal to have that publicity of his face and, and showing him more just in the suit in general. Right. Um, which I think would be cool. And I do think it's really cool how they've done it for two seasons now of him barely taking it off and still developed his character. Mm-hmm. But I do think you'll have, I think you'll have more in season three. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I know there's rumors that they're going to like actually move Pedro Pascal out of the suit entirely, right? A lot of people are saying, like, hey, we won't have to pay him money because, you know, there's three people who wear the suit, right? Right. Which is kind of funny, right? Of course. And that's more work for the people, right? You know, to have Pedro Pascal wear the walking around suit. And then they have the two different stunt people for the you know, gunfighting versus, you know, physical combat, right? And yeah. then Pedro Pascal, of course, does voiceover for everything. Um, but kind of moving forward like this is i i have to think that he's going to be taking off his helmet more and he's going to be more more of the mandalorians we see in the clone wars and rebels right okay maybe rebels might be a little bit more of a stretch because sabine is running around with her helmet like off 90 percent of the time honestly like never on um but But, but yeah for sure so i think that'll be interesting to see how that progresses And, and i happy with that because you know it would mean pedro pascal's in the suit more and you know i think he just adds a lot to it and the three people coming together in one i know they talked about that in like the mandalorian after show right um where it does add a unique kind of character to where they're all kind of working together to create one character together those three guys but i guess now it's off to finding moff gideon and getting grogu back know a lot of people are out there going i swear if we don't get grogu back by the end of the season like i'm gonna kill Dude, somebody i was thinking about and that. i'm like can you imagine if they 
It's, Made you it's, wait an entire season. I literally think there would be riots. I literally <laughs> think there would be riots. Riots in the streets. This is not the way. Honestly, like, can can you can you imagine next week? Moff Gideon escapes with Grogu. Yeah, no, I I, don't I can't think see that happening. Gonna do that. It would just be absolutely but, brutal. But we do know there's obviously season three right around Christmas time next year, so they're probably gonna end with some sort of teaser, right? Like some like they did with the Dark Saber and Gideon Living last season. There's gonna be something, and yeah, it might not be with um with Gideon escaping with Grogu, but there's gonna be something, and I don't know what else it would be, but for sure. Yeah. Well, then here's, you know, I think another important question is last week we saw Grogu go full, like, Super Saiyan or, um, <laughs> I don't know exactly, giant energy beam meditation mode, unlocking new force powers. I have no idea what he was doing, right? I know Malloran actually yeah. compared it a lot to Fallen Order last week where he was, you know, like, remembering stuff, and I thought that was, like, a good comparison. But clearly yeah. he reached out through the force. And I can't imagine Jedi didn't hear him. Like, that was one hell of a phone call. So, will we see a Jedi in Episode 8, and if so, who? Or, I don't know. Yeah, Episode I, Chapter 16. Maybe that'll be the end reveal. Maybe Episode will finish. There'll be like a... You think the episode ends, goes black, and then just like the Moff Gideon surviving right. scene, and then it shows a Jedi, you know on his way or something. I don't know. You gotta predict that, too. That might be a cool... Gotta predict uh, too. Well, here's the thing. I know the popular answer right now, everyone's been saying Ezra, but I don't think that's the case because I think that the Ahsoka spinoff, which is going to be taking place during the same time, is going to probably be them looking for Thrawn and Ezra. That's my thought, at least. So, I don't think Ezra's back from that yet. I you know, that's... I like 100% agree. I don't think it's Ezra at all. Yeah. I think that'd be really weird because it'd like basically yeah. have to gloss over that information. Unless unless so we're going to jump know. back to Ahsoka and then go find yeah. Thrawn and Ezra and then just be like, oh yeah, here's the backstory. And I just don't feel like we're going to do that, especially because like... Right. Especially because like they know what's going on, you know, like... Like, okay, sure, Ahsoka was officially announced today, but like Favreau and Filoni have known what's going to happen so there i'm sure they're not they weren't purposely you know hey we'll jump backwards like that doesn't seem likely we will right. see darth vader see this guy yeah. <laughs> that would be <laughs> funny darth vader just walks up everyone's like uh is this good or bad <laughs> yeah, i sure. don't know i i think if you do get a jedi luke makes the most sense so and i just i almost can't imagine them pulling that off and just keeping it quiet, but they kept Baby Yoda quiet, so I don't know. It's just yeah, it's like Ahsoka it was, didn't quite uh, go quiet. I'm trying to think. Yeah, exactly. Big... Ahsoka was all over the place. So is there anything big know. that? I mean, okay, they didn't pull Thrawn on set or anything, but no one had any idea about Thrawn. That was pretty big. That was cool. Do you think that we'll see a Jedi then? Do you or? I kind of have to believe we'll see a Jedi. The question is, I just don't know in what capacity. Um, part of yeah. me thinks that we'll see a Jedi about midway through the episode. Because I was 
predicting a similar sort of standoff to what we saw um, the end of Chapter 7, Chapter 8, where the good guys win. I mean, it's a pretty common standoff, you know. Good guys win, and then, oh, crap, things get bad. Bad guys have the new cool gun or whatever, right? And then good guys need some sort of rallying force to fix it in last season that have ended up being IG-11 was kind of like their fix-all and then the escape. Savior, right? right. So, I guess... I don't know, I just have to imagine one of the options would be a Jedi shows up and actually, you know, kind of saves the day. And then you kind of end on, like, the, so what's the deal with the kid, you know, like, something like that. And, of course, I don't think we're going to get an answer to whether or not Grogu goes with a Jedi, which he definitely won't. But right. I don't think we'll get an answer to that. And that will, the Jedi will be some sort of connection to the cliffhanger, whether or not it's, like, you know, fade to black and then all of a sudden Jedi's boots or what. Um, but... To me, my favorite answer has to be Yoda appears to Grogu. Um, That'd be cool. Force ghost-wise? Force ghost-wise, yeah. I mean, unless Yoda's actually alive, in which case, I have so many questions. Yeah. But, yeah, so Force ghost Yoda, to me, makes the most sense because, one, obviously there's the connection to the species. Two, Yoda's kind of known to check in on people, even while dead. Like, seems to do that. Seems to hang out. Yeah. You know, I mean, he speaks yeah. to Ahsoka, not dead, of course. I mean, he speaks to Ezra. Uh, he obviously trains Luke. He speaks to Luke after his passing. He speaks to... He doesn't really... Sp- okay, he kind of speaks to Rey, but I mean, like, everyone speaks to Rey, so I don't know if that counts. Technically, Leia as well. In the re- novelization, it talks about that, but yeah. Right. So, you know, Yoda's um, Yoda's known of reaching out, and then I point. think, to me, the other option is I don't like any of the alive Jedi options. I really don't. Um, yeah. Ezra, as we've talked about, just doesn't make sense. I don't see them pulling off Luke, um, mainly because I just yeah. don't think I would like it, and I don't think a lot of people would like it. I mean, you can't have Mark Hamill show up. He's only supposed to be five years older than Return of the Jedi, so that doesn't work. I know the be very difficult to Sebastian pull it off Stan without is like being our, people being like you. Yeah, like I feel like no one would like it. And I mean, even if you did some pretty good, like I think Luke looked pretty good in Return of the or in um, the Rise of Skywalker, actually. But like I, I feel like an extended shot of that really wouldn't work. It'd be hard. Right, and then yeah. you know whoever you show, you're asking to have to show more of. Like kind of no right. matter what, there has to be an extended sequence. Committing to a long term, right, <laughs> or at least. A- little bit. And the only Jedi to me that's alive that I like at all as an option is Cal Kestis. Um, assuming he's alive. Right? Assuming yeah. he's alive, right? I mean, and that's and that's a big that's a big assumption, of course, assuming that um, Cal Kestis is alive. But I mean, his actors Cameron Monaghan? Monaghan? Something along those lines? Sorry, I don't know everyone's names off the top of my head. Um, but he's about, I think he's about 10 years younger, 9, 10 years younger than Cal would be, likely, in real life. So, so like, it's not a stretch. It would be easier to, yeah, to pull that's, off. That's a lot better than 30, yeah. 40 years older than you're supposed to be, right? Um, right. So, and I just don't <laughs> think, I don't know, Cal would be cool and I'd be thrilled, but I just don't really think that's going to happen. And the other options, I feel like, just don't make sense. So, yeah. A Force Ghost would be cool because then again it would kind of also do with that like would the Force. Cool. Yoda wouldn't really save the day, right? But he could assist and help Grogu. And yeah. like I would think just Yoda appearing to Grogu on the ship, even as a Force Ghost talking to him, would be super cool. 
you know, not like a big deal yeah. thing. So. Yeah. So, last thing too on my mind is, uh, Esposito already has said that there's going to be some. Some action. There was supposed to be some major lightsaber action, right? So. We don't know. I think everyone assumed it was going to be Ahsoka versus Sam, but it doesn't look like that's going to be the case at all. Um, it looks, yeah, it looks more. Li- it looks more like it's going to be Mando with his Beskar staff versus Ham, and that'll be interesting. Um, be super but that, I mean, it's the finale, is the next episode, so there's definitely going to be some lightsaber action, right? The action in this episode, as we mentioned, was fantastic. The pirates on the train fights were True. super good. Good hand-to-hand combat. Pretty fun stuff. Yeah. And then, you know, of course, the blasters watching Fennec, Shand, and Cara Dune just drop people. That was pretty awesome. So this was, yeah, this was a good episode for action. Crazy. And I can't imagine we're oh. going to get less next episode. Right. Yeah, it's going to be very awesome to see how they how they do that. If it's going to be all on his ship or what. I don't know. Yeah. That's, like, my biggest question, honestly. Like, my biggest uncertainty is... Are we landing somewhere? Or is this going down? Or is it... Because I feel like they're not going to board the ship. But, I mean, they could. Yeah. But... They're going to land at Camino? Like, where are they going? If they land at Camino, that'd be pretty cool. But (laughs) That would be freaking awesome, actually. And that that would make sense that they're heading to Camino, maybe, or something. Just because... I mean, we know... um, Can you imagine Boba? Boba's like, the fuck? He's like... He's like, I know exactly where to go. I know these places by heart. That'd be he, he pulls dude, up, he okay. pulls up the the coordinates, and uh, Boba Fett's like Camino, and he's like, you've heard of it? He's like, once or twice, <laughs> possibly. Dude, possibly, <laughs> dude. If um, if they did that, it would be so cool. Like, obviously, we've always said Camino, and the show would be cool with whole clone and stuff. Yeah, especially because uh, the you know, doctor that was before obviously has we the Camino even... and symbol on himself so obviously there's connection and we know Kaminoans right. are the number one experts in genetics in Star Wars that's just a fact cloning or not right. but now that we thought that was going to be a, a crazy cool option and yeah there's just going to be eight episodes so next episode is the last episode this is the finale no yeah. episode nine which is honestly the most heartbreaking thing I've heard in my life but it's coming on so fast. But anyways, if they showed up to Camino with Boba, it makes it a million times cooler. I'd just be freaking sick to see a slave land back on that. I mean, that's like the ultimate fan dream, actually. Like, before it was super cool, yeah. but like, with Boba, it would actually just be yeah. almost so poetic. As long as he doesn't die, because if he died on Camino, that would also be like, really poetic. Yeah, but it would I also like... Any... Just... Yeah. Hey, no what if he shows die. up and kills Tanwee? It's like I never liked that long neck. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I hate you. You let that Jedi kill my yeah. dad. Oh, that was Good also stuff. awesome. There was the joke um, where they're trying to figure out so to go into um, to sneak into the ISB agent's place, the oh. Empire Mayfield obviously has to go, right? <laughs> and they're great. like, hey, you know, who can go? And Fennec's like. I'm wanted by everyone. Cardoon literally has a tattoo of the rebellion on her face, so she's not an option. Mando, you know, wears the helmet. He ends up going, but Boba, they look at him. They're like, "What about you?" And he's like, "Let's just say they might recognize my face." Freaking awesome! That's like Star Wars comedy gold. Yeah, no, it really is, and I just 
it's just uh it was such a good episode this is honestly like i didn't expect this episode to probably land in like my top five but it's probably like one of my top like top five of the yeah. series so far i mean You're i understand welcome. there's only 16 but they're all so good that it's actually extremely hard. hard to rank them <laughs> yeah so it's been awesome probably a jedi um it's exciting we definitely will be doing this next episode and if we hear any rumors and stuff, you know, we'll definitely be prepared. Make sure to stay tuned and check out our stuff on social media. I know Cody and I were extremely busy today listening to an investor meeting. That was actually really fun. Everyone was like, hey, what'd you do for your birthday? And I'm like, well, I watched the Disney Star Wars investors, the Disney investors meeting. And they're like, are you invested in Disney? I was like, well, kind of, but not really. Not with money. I don't have money. What are you talking about? My, my love and my time and my heart is invested in Star Wars. But yeah, so there's definitely lots of cool stuff coming out, and um, I guess something that we have hugely to look forward to after the, after the Mandalorian, we don't know how long, but there is a confirmed Mandalorian um, gallery afterwards as well, yeah. which was, if you did not watch that, the Mandalorian gallery was fantastic. It was Favreau, Filoni, um, Kathleen Kennedy most of the time, I don't think all the time, uh, Deborah Chow, all of the directors kind of sitting down and discussing, and they, there's eight episodes, and they actually go through the, you know, just kind of talk about what it was like, you know, focusing on the directors, the different directors' visions, how it was like building up characters, the special effects, an episode just about the music, an episode all of them appreciating how Star Wars impacted their lives, which is one of the coolest episodes. It was such a well-done documentary series, and it's so cool that they're going to have another one. So, Mando isn't going to yeah. be completely gone from our lives. I can't imagine how cool this next one's going to be. Uh, if it's anything like the first, though, we're in first. Dude, Favreau's gonna geek out so hard talking about how excited he was to bring Boba back. He's oh, yeah. such an E Legends geek. He is. Yeah, <laughs> you can really tell And then Filoni talking about Ahsoka and just, just like, just, like my creation. Gonna be, it's gonna be insane. It's gonna, it's gonna be, a gonna good be one. so insane. So, well, maybe Cody and I will actually start doing a review on those because we didn't do that last time. So maybe we could start talking about that That'd next cool. time. So. I think that's all, folks. Uh, may the Force be with you. Come hang out and talk to Cody and I on social media in the coming week, and we'll see you here next week to cry about the finale of Mandalorian Season 2. See you, everybody. This is the way. Save the baby.